Why should anyone be led by you? If you want to silence a room of executives, try this small trick. Ask them, why would anyone want to be led by you? We have asked just that question for the past 10 years while consulting for dozens of companies in Europe and the United States without fail. The response is a sudden stunned hush. All you can hear are knees knocking. Executives have good reasons to be scared. You can't do anything in business without followers. And followers in these empowered times are hard to find. So executives had a better to know what it takes to lead effectively. They must find ways to engage people and rouse their commitment to company goals. But most don't know how and who can blame them. There's simply too much advice out there. Last year alone, more than 2000 books on leadership were published. Some of them even repacking Moses and Shakespeare as leadership gurus. We have yet to hear advice that tells the whole truth about leadership. Yes, everyone agrees that leaders need vision, energy, authority and strategic direction. That goes without saying, but we have discovered that inspirational leaders also share four unexpected qualities. They selectively show their weaknesses. By exposing some vulnerability, they reveal their approachability and humanity. They rely heavily on intuition to gauge the appropriate timing and course of their actions. Their ability to collect and interpret soft data helps them know just when and how to act. They manage employees with something we call tough empathy. Inspirational leaders empathize passionately and realistically with people and they care intensely about the work employees do. They reveal their differences. They capitalize on what's unique about themselves. You may find yourself in a top position without these qualities, but few people will want to be led by you. Our theory about the four essential qualities of leadership, it should be noted. It is not about results per se. While many of the leaders we have studied and use examples do in fact post superior financial returns, the focus of our research has been on leaders who excel at inspiring people and capturing hearts, minds and souls. This ability is not everything in business, but any experienced leader will tell you it is worth quite a lot. Indeed, great results may be impossible without it. Our research in lead into leadership began some 25 years ago and has followed three streams since then. First, as academics, we ransacked the prominent leadership theories of the past century to develop our own working model of effective leadership. For example, on a history of leadership thinking, see the sidebar like leadership, a small history, a big topic. Second, consultants, we have tested our theory with thousands of executives in workshops worldwide and through observations with dozens of clients. And third, as executives ourselves, we have vetted our theories into our organizations. Reveal your weaknesses. When leaders reveal their weaknesses, they show us who they are, who they are, what's and all. They may, this may mean admitting that they are ir irritable, irritable on Monday mornings that they are somewhat disorganized or even rather shy. Some admissions work because people need to see leaders own up.
to some flaw before they participate willingly in an endeavor exposing a weakness establishes trust and thus helps get folks on board indeed if executives try to communicate that they are perfect at everything there will be no need for anyone to help them with anything they won't need followers they will signal that they can do it all themselves beyond creating trust and a collaborative atmosphere communicating of weaknesses also builds solidarity between followers and leaders consider a senior executive we know at a global management consultancy he agreed to give a major presentation despite being badly affiliated affected affiliated by physical shaking caused by a medical condition the otherwise highly critical audience greeted this courageous display of weakness with a standing ovation by giving the talk he'd had dared to say i am just like you imperfect sharing imperfection is so effective because it underscores a human's being authenticity richard branson the founder of virgin is a brilliant businessman and a hero in the united kingdom indeed the virgin brand is so linked to him personally that succession is a significant issue branson is particularly effective at communicating his vulnerability he is ill at ease and fumbles insensitively when interviewed in public it's a weakness but it's richard branson that's what revealing a weakness is all about showing our followers that you are genuine and approachable human and humane another advantage to exposing a weakness is that it offers a leader world valuable protection human nature being what it is if you don't show some weakness then observers may invent one for you celebrities and politicians have always known this often they deliberately give the public something to talk about knowing full well that if they don't the newspapers will invent something even worse princess diana may have aired her eating disorder in public but she died with her reputation intact indeed and enhanced that said the most effective leaders know that exposing a weakness must be done carefully they own up to selective weaknesses knowing which weaknesses to disclose is a highly honed art the golden rule is never to expose a weakness that will be seen as a fatal flaw by which we mean a flaw that jeopardizes central aspects of your professional role consider the new finance director of a major corporation he can certainly confess that he is never understood discounted cash flow a leader should reveal only a tangential flaw and perhaps even several of them paradoxically this admission will help divert attention away from major weaknesses another well known strategy is to pick a weakness that can in in some ways be considered a strength such as being a workaholic when leaders expose these limited flaws people won't see much of anything and little harm will come to them there is an important caveat however if the leader's vulnerability is not perceived to be genuine he won't gain anyone's support instead he will open himself up to derision and scorn one scenario we saw repeatedly in our research was one in which a ceo fagin's absent mindedness to conceal inconsistency or even dishonesty this is a sure way to alienate followers who will remember accurately what happened or what was said become a censor 
Inspirational leaders rely heavily on their instincts to know when to reveal a weakness or a difference. We call them good situation sensors and by that we mean that they can collect and interpret soft data. They can sniff out the signals in the environment and sense what's going on without having anything spelled out for them. Franz Humer, the CEO of Russia, is a classic sensor. He is highly accomplished in detecting shifts in climate and ambience. He can read subtle cues and sense underlying currents of opinion that elude less per perspective people. Hummer says he developed this skill as a tour guide in his mid-twenties when he was responsible for groups of hundred or more. There was no salary, only tips, he explains. Pretty soon, I knew how to hone in on particular groups. Eventually, I could predict within 10% how much I could earned from any particular group. Indeed, great sensors can easily gauge unexpressed feelings. They can very accurately judge whether relationships are working or not. The process is complex and as anyone who has ever encountered it knows, the results are impressive. Consider a human resources executive we worked with in a multinational entertainment company. One day he got news of a distribution problem in Italy that had the potential to affect the company's worldwide operations. As he was thinking about how to hide the information temporarily from the Paris-based CEO while he worked on a solution, the phone rang. It was the CEO saying, tell me, Roberto, what the hell's going on in the Milan? The CEO was already aware that something was wrong. How? He had this networks, of course, but in large part, he was gifted at detecting information that wasn't aimed at him. He could read silences and pick up on non-verbal cues in the organization. Not surprisingly, the most impressive business leaders we have worked with are all very refined sensors. Revan Shaikh, the chairman of Heineken in the early 1990s, is a good example, conservative and urbane. Van Shaikh, genius lay in his ability to read signals he received from colleagues and from Freddie Heineken, the third-generation family member who was always there without being there, while some senior managers spend a lot of time second-guessing the major shareholder. Van Shaikh developed an ability to just know what Henken wanted. This ability was based on many years of working with him on the Henken board, but it was more than that. Van Shaikh could read Henken even though they had very different personalities and didn't work together directly. Success stories like Van Shaikh came with a word of warning. While leaders must be great sensors, sensing can create problems. That's because in making fine judgments about how far they can go, leaders risk losing their followers. The political situation in Northern Ireland is a powerful example. Over the past two years, several leaders, David Trimble, Gary Adams, Tony Blair, together with George Michel, have taken unprecedented initiatives towards peace. At every step on the way of the way, these leaders had to sense how far they could go without losing their electorates. In business, think of mergers and acquisitions unless organizational leaders and negotiators can convince their followers in a timely way that the move is positive, value and goodwill quickly erode. This is the situation recently faced by Vodafone and France Telecom in the sale and purchase of Orange. There is another danger associated with sensing skills by definition. Sensing a situation involves projection. 
that state of mind whereby you attribute your own ideas to other people and things when a person projects his thoughts may interface with the truth imagine a radio that picks up any number of signals many of which are weak and distorted situation sensing is like that you can't always be sure what you are hearing because of all the static the employee who sees her boss distracted and leaps to the conclusion that she is going to be fired in a classic example most skills become heightened under threat but particularly during situation sensing such oversensitivity is a lead in a leader can be a recipe for disaster for this reason sensing capability must always be framed by reality testing even the most gifted sensor may need to validate his perceptions with a trusted advisor or a member of his inner team practice tough empathy unfortunately there is altogether too much hype nowadays about the idea that leaders must show concern for their teams there's nothing worse than seeing a manager return from their from the latest interpersonal skills training program with concern for others real leaders don't need a training program to convince their employees that they care real leaders empathize fiercely with the people they lead they can also care intensely about the work their employees do consider alan levy the former ceo of polygram although he often c- comes across as a rather aloof intellectual levy is well able to close the distance between himself and his followers on one occasion he helped some junior record executives in australia to signals of albums picking signals is a critical task in the music business the selection of a song can make or break the album levy sat down with the young people and took on the work with passion you bloody idiots he added his voice to the male you don't know what the hell you are talking about we always have a dance track first within 24 hours the story spread throughout the company it was the best pr levi ever got levi really knows how to pick singles people said in fact he knew how to identify with the work and he knew how to enter his followers world one where strong colorful language is the norm to show them that he cared clearly and as the above example illustrates we do not believe that the empathy of inspirational leaders is the soft kind described in so much of management literature on the contrary we feel that real leaders manage through a unique approach we call tough empathy tough empathy means giving people what they need not what they want organizations like the marine corps and consulting firms specialize in tough empathy recruits are pushed to be the best that they can be grow or go is the motto chris satterwhite the ceo of l pottinger communications and a fa- former chief executive of several ad agencies understands what tough empathy is all about he adeptly handles the challenges of managing creative people while making tough decisions if i have to i can be ruthless he says but while they are with me i promise my people that they will learn they want more they want someone who cares passionately about the people and the work just as they do they do be different another quality of inspirational leaders is that they capitalize on what's unique 
about themselves. In fact, using these differences to great advantage is the most important quality of the four we have mentioned. The most effective leaders deliberately use differences to keep a social distance, even as they are drawing their followers close to them. Inspirational leaders signal their separateness. Often a leader will show his differences by having a distinctly different dress style or physical appearance, but typically we will move on to distinguish himself through qualities like imagination, loyalty, expertise or even a handshake. Anything can be done, anything can be a difference, but it is important to communicate it. Most people, however, are hesitant to communicate what's unique about themselves and it can take years for them to be fully aware of what sets them apart. This is a serious disadvantage in a world where networking is so critical and where teams need to be formed overnight. Some leaders know exactly how to take advantage of their differences. Take Sir John Harvey Jones, the former CEO of ICI, what was one of the largest manufacturing companies in the United Kingdoms when he wrote his autobiography a few years ago. A British newspaper advertised the book with a sketch of Harvey Jones. The profile had a moustache, long hair and a lewd tie. The drawing was in the black and white, but everyone knew who it was. Of course, John Harvey Jones didn't get to the top of the ICI because of eye-catching ties and long hair. But he was very clever in developing differences that he exploited to show that he was adventurous, entrepreneurial and unique. He was John Harvey Jones. There are other people who aren't, be, who aren't as aware of their differences but still use them to great effect. For instance, Richard Surface, former managing director of the UK-based Pearl Insurance, always walked the floor and overtook people, using his own pace as a means of communicating urgency. Still other leaders are fortunate enough to have colleagues point out their differences for them. As the BBC's Greg Dyke puts it, my partner tells me, you do things instinctively that you don't understand. What I worry about is that in the process of understanding them, you could lose them. Indeed, what emerged in our interviews is that most leaders start off not knowing what their differences are, but eventually, come to know and use them more effectively over time. Franz Hammer at Roche, for instance, now realizes that he uses his emotions to evoke reactions in others. Most of the differences we have described are those that tend to be apparent either to the leader himself or to the colleagues around him. But there are differences that are more subtle but still have very powerful effects. For instance, David Prosser, the CEO of Legal and General, one of Europe's largest and most, most successful insurance companies, is an outsider. He is not a smooth city type. In fact, he comes from industrial South Wales and though generally approachable, Prosser has a hard edge which he uses in an understated but highly effective way. At a recent cocktail party, a, ra- a rather excitable Sales manager had been claiming how good the company was at cross-selling products. In a low price, Prosser intervened, We may be good, but we are not good enough. A chill swept through the room. What was Prosser's point? Don't feel so close. You can relax. I am the leader and I make that call. Don't you forget it. 
He even uses this edge to good effect with a top team. It keeps everyone on their toes. Inspiration leaders use separateness to motivate others to perform better. It is not that they are being Machiavellian, but they but that they recognize instinctively that followers will push themselves if their leader is just a little aloof. Leadership, after all, is not popularity contest. One danger, of course, is that executives can over-differentiate themselves in their determination to express their separateness. Indeed, some leaders lose contact with the followers, and doing so is fatal. Once they create too much distance, they stop being good sensors, and they lose the ability to identify and care. That's what appeared to happen during Robert Horton's tenure as chairman and CEO of BP during the early 1990s. Horton's conspicuous display of his considerable, indeed daunting intelligence sometimes led others to see him as arrogant and self-aggrandizing that resulted in over-differentiation and it eventually contributed to Horton's, dism- Horton's dismissal just three years after he was appointed to the position. Leadership and Action all four of the qualities described here are necessary for inspirational leadership, but they cannot be used mechanically. They must become or must already be a part of executive's personality. That's why the recipe business books, those that prescribe to the Lee, Iacocca or Bill Gates, why often fail. No one can just ape another leader, so the challenge facing prospective leaders is for them to be themselves, but with more skill. That can be done by making yourself increasingly aware of the four leadership qualities we described by and by manipulating these qualities to come up with a personal style that works for you. Remember, there is no universal formula and what's needed will vary from context to context. What's more, the results are often subtle as the following story about the Sir Richard Skies, the highly successful chairman and the CEO of Glaxo, Welcome, one of the world's leading pharmaceutical companies illustrates. When he was running the R&D division at Glaxo, Skies gave a year-end review to the company's top scientist. At the end of the presentation, a researcher asked him about one of the company's new compounds and the two men engaged in a short, heated debate. The question-answer session continued for another 20 minutes, at the end of which the researcher broached the subject again, Dr. Skies, he began in a loud voice. You have still failed to understand the structure of the new compound. You could feel Skies' temper rise through the soles of his feet. He marched to the back of the room and displayed his anger before the intellectual brain power of the entire company. All right, lad, he yelled. Let us have a look at your notes. The Skies story provides the ideal framework for discussing the four leadership qualities to some people. Skies' irritability could have seemed like an appropriate weakness, but in this context, his show, this show of temper demonstrated Skies, Sykes' deep belief in the discussion about basic science, a company value, therefore his willingness to get angry actually cemented his credibility as a leader. He also showed that he was a very good censor. If Sykes had exploded earlier in the meeting, he would have squashed the debate. Instead, his anger was perceived as defending the faith. The story also reveals Sykes' ability to identify with his colleagues 
and their work by talking to the researcher as a fellow scientist he was able to create an empathic bond with his audience he really cared though he caring was clearly tough enough finally the story indicates sykes own willingness to show his differences despite being one of the united kingdom's most successful businessman he has not conformed to standard english on the contrary sykes proudly retains his distinctive northern accent he also doesn't show the typical british reserve and decorum he radiates passion like other real leaders he acts and communicates naturally indeed if we were to sum up the entire year and review at glaxo welcome we would say that sykes was being himself with great skill unraveling the mystery as long as the business is around we will continue to pick apart the underlying ingredients of true leadership and there will always be many theories as there are questions but of all the facets of leadership that one might investigate there are few so difficult as understanding what it takes to develop leaders the four leadership qualities are a necessary first step taken together they tell executives to be authentic as we counsel the executives we coach be yourself more with skill they can be no advice more difficult to follow than that